Welcome to the TSO Podcast. I'm Kathleen Kajioka from the New Classical FM. If the fourth piano concerto had a name as good as Emperor, it might be as top of the charge as the, as the fifth. That's American pianist Garrick Olson. You'll hear more from him later in the show. But first, Rob Capolo conducts and hosts the What Makes It Great series with the TSO. He disassembles and dissects great classical works for TSO audiences. He joins the TSO this Friday for an in-depth look at Haydn's London Symphony. We caught up with him backstage for a sneak preview. Take a listen. You know, I think one of the interesting things about Haydn is when Haydn was alive, he was literally the most famous composer in the world. You know, today, though Haydn still is definitely respected, he really can't compete at the box office with Beethoven and Mozart. But really, when this piece was written in 1795, he was not only the most famous composer in the world, he was as famous as any composer has ever been. And you know, in a way, you can literally see a watershed moment in the entire history of music in Haydn's life. I mean, for many years, he was sitting there in this remote Esterhazy palace. He was essentially a slave. In a way, he represented hundreds of years of music history where the only option for a composer was to actually work either for the church or for some rich patron like Esterhazy. But then, all of a sudden, his really rich, noble patron died who loved music, and the next guy came and he didn't like music at all. Two days after he took over, he fired the orchestra and all of a sudden Haydn was forced into the world of a freelance composer. And this piece grows out of that moment. You know, Haydn wasn't actually sure how to make his way in this new world without a patron, but along comes this guy, Johann Solomon, who's this German impresario who's living in England, and he literally shows up on Haydn's doorstep and says, I'm taking you to London. But he takes him to London for these two fantastic trips. First one in 1791, 1792, and then the second one, 1794, 95. And at this point, he really becomes the most famous composer ever. He writes six symphonies for each of those visits. The one we're gonna look at is actually the last one, the 12th. It's gotten the nickname of the London Symphony, but really there's no reason why this one is the London Symphony, because he wrote 12 of them for London. So what we're going to do is try to get you inside the frame of mind of a 1795 listener. So, for example, there's a minuet. Now, there must be a thousand minuets and trios that Haydn wrote. And this one starts. I mean, half of Haydn is in that. That little trill going to become the topic of the entire minuet. Now, in a way, that's Haydn in a nutshell. So often the topics of Haydn's music are these tiny little insignificant bits of workaday musical life. I mean, that's not a great theme. There's nothing fantastic. It's kind of like and or the. But somehow for Haydn, this tiny little trill will become the most unbelievably surprising topic for the entire minuet. So often, you know, in a way, Haydn's music is deeply democratic. You know, Mozart's topics are these elegant, aristocratic, jewel-box-like melodies, elegantly crafted. Haydn, it's just a little trill. Or the last movement has a famous one. This is literally a Croatian folk tune. It's almost like it's a peasant in the field. It starts off with this little drone bass. I mean, this is like a little bagpipe. I mean, we're literally out in the fields. There's nothing else but the tune and that drone. (laughs) 
that is going to become the topic of one of the most wildly sophisticated, surprising, unexpected pieces you could possibly imagine. So it's little trills and the. Little Croatian folk tunes, and yet they get somehow swept up in this unbelievably sophisticated plot that Haydn develops. And that's what we're going to try to get. From the peasants in the fields to the most sophisticated concert hall music, we're going to try to get inside the piece to see what makes it tick and what makes it great. That was Rob Capolo. You can hear more from him this Friday when he takes apart Haydn's London Symphony and shows us what makes it great. You're listening to the TSO Podcast. Stay with us. Garrick Olson is the only American pianist ever to win the prestigious International Chopin Piano Competition. In addition to his prolific work appearing with orchestras across the world, Olson is an avid chamber musician. He has recorded the complete works of Chopin, and his 10-disc set of the complete Beethoven sonatas earned him a Grammy Award in 2008. Garrick Olson returns to the TSO on Thursday and Saturday to perform Beethoven's Emperor Concerto. TSO principal bass Jeff Beecher caught up with him to talk about the performances. Take a listen. So, Garrick, you're busy performing concertos, solo recitals, and chamber music all over the world. Can you tell me about the biggest difference for you performing with symphony orchestras and in chamber ensembles? Yes. Um, well, there are several. Uh, in concertos with symphony orchestras, you have the David and Goliath phenomenon. Although a concert grand piano and me sitting at it doesn't look too small, it's still it's not as much as the 80 to 100 people sitting on stage with me. <laughs> and you have the solo instrument both with and versus the orchestra, and the excitements in all three are somewhat different. Mm -hmm. A solo recital is more like a meditation or a poetry reading. It can be a tremendous experience, but it, it can also be tremendously exhausting. Mm -hmm. With a symphony orchestra, you get tremendous synergy. I mean, there is, you know, for those, which is the majority of people who have never played with a wonderful symphony orchestra, there is nothing like the lift and excitement of all your colleagues in this wonderful sound that boosts you up and excites you and makes you, you know, struggle harder and, and do better and try to try to dialogue with them well and uh, you know show them how you like that phrase to go, mm -hmm. all of which is nonverbal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's a tremendous, tremendous lift. I mean, that's why I said symphony orchestra is such a great human institution. Right. And in chamber music, it's somewhere in the middle. You have the personal contact, but you also have the lift of synergy and doing something together, and the possibility of disagreement. In a solo recital, you can disagree with yourself, but it's usually, there's, there's not too much to be said about that. You resolve it how you do. Right. So anyway, that's just some of the wonderful, wonderfulnesses of all three. Right. We're very excited to have you and Maestro Belalovic for Beethoven's Emperor Concerto. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so uh, maybe this is a bit of a, a silly question, but, but Garrick, why do you think it's so popular? The Emperor? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's marvelous. But that in itself doesn't tell us anything. <laughs> There's a lot of mu marvelous music that's not sure, popular. Sure. One of the jokes in our profession is the fact that if the fourth piano concerto had a name as good as Emperor, it might be as top of the charts as, as the fifth. Well, it, it, it almost is anyway. Right. But there are several features about it. It's a very positive piece, mm -hmm. but uh, not trivially upbeat. Mm -hmm. It also establishes immediately a new relationship at its time, which was 200 years ago, mm -hmm. between the piano and the orchestra. Mm -hmm. The piano now, which is growing in volume and sonority and power, actually can slightly match the orchestra much more than the much more feeble pianos of Mozart's time. Mm -hmm. And Beethoven declares this at the beginning where the orchestra says or plays a chord and the piano 
sweeps in brilliant arpeggios up and down. It shows you the scale and what's going on. And then in the middle of the first movement is one one of the great moments of the piece where there is a crisis, a musical crisis, where the elements darken and there's a not exactly a thunderstorm, but there's a, there's an argument where um, you know the orchestra, the piano answer each other, and the piano actually fights the orchestra. Mm-hmm. The, the orchestra says bum ba dum bum ba dum bum ba dum, and the piano says bum ba dum. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when the orchestra responds, the piano gets more and more belligerent and sort of ends that argument and then begins the next section with its own idea, which the orchestra then takes up. Right. So if you want to personalize the musical elements you can say that um, it's kind of an argument or a fight or something palpably very dramatic. Also, it's got great broad thematic material. I would say that, in a way, Beethoven is doing public speaking here. He's addressing the masses. Mm -hmm. This is not an intimate confessional like some of his other music. Mm -hmm. So, Garrick, when you're not furiously arpeggiating up and down the piano, (laughs) I understand that you're... Or even gently, yeah. Or even gently, depending on the movement. I understand that you're an avid wine drinker. Is that true? I'm afraid so, yes. Okay. So, Garrick, tell us, what are your favorite wines? Oh, my goodness. Well, there are so many, it's difficult to keep track. I'm a Burgundy Barolo man. Okay. Big big wines you like then, huh? Uh, big wines, but wines that are very, that have that beautiful balance of delicacy and power, you know, the iron Mm -hmm. fist and the velvet glove, Mm -hmm. with complexity and great aromatics. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I don't like Bordeaux or all sorts of other things, you know, and not only high-priced fancy bottles. I mean, I like to drink wine, not labels. Well, Garrick, I'm thirsty, and it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for joining us, Garrick. Sure, thanks. That was Garrick Olson. Catch him center stage with the TSO this Thursday and Saturday as he performs Beethoven's Piano Concerto No. 5, The Emperor. Tickets are available at tso.ca. That brings us to the end of this week's TSO podcast. Don't forget, let us know what you think of the show. Send an email to community at tso.ca or leave a note on our Facebook or Twitter pages. For more music and stories from the Toronto Symphony Orchestra, join us on Sunday night with the TSO. That's every Sunday at 8 p.m. on the new Classical FM. I'm Kathleen Kajioka. Join us next Monday for another episode of the TSO podcast. This February, treat yourself and someone special to a night at the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. For a limited time only, buy one ticket, get one free. For epic masterworks by Beethoven, Tchaikovsky, Schumann, and more, use promo code VALENTINE. Hurry, these shows will sell out. Buy one ticket, get one free for a limited time only. Don't delay. Order superb seats today at tso.ca.